Good morning. It's April 26th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion to the book by the same title. Today's topic is Cardinal Virtues. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 6-8 through This is my life verse, my favorite verse in all of Scripture. We spend a lot of time, sometimes a lifetime, wondering why we are here, and what God intends for us to do. C.S. Lewis, in his seminal work, Mere Christianity, which you will recall is actually a compilation of radio addresses to the British public during World War II, addresses what God intends for us, exploring the concepts of right and wrong, what it is that Christians believe, and the behavior that stems from those beliefs. This behavior is an outcome of our Christian morality, which is made up of three components, the way we are internally, the way we relate to each other, and the way we relate to God. Lewis leads off this discussion with the story of a small boy who, when asked what he thought God was like, answered that he's the sort of person who is always snooping around to see if anyone is enjoying himself and then trying to stop it. He contends that many people view morality as a set of rules designed to do just that, keep us from having fun. In reality, moral rules are there to prevent a breakdown in the human machine. Moral precepts are actually freeing for the Christian, for only when one lives by them is one free to live abundantly, as God intended. As you've picked up on this year, I come from a sailing family. Thus, any sailing analogy hits home with me. Lewis suggested that we think of humanity as a fleet of sailing ships in formation. No wonder he's my favorite Christian philosopher. The success of our mission on earth depends not only on the seaworthiness of each individual vessel, but on the certainty that they will not each go off course and thus collide with each other. Repeated collisions would lead to hull damage, and that to the lack of seaworthiness. Ships would sink. So, the success of mankind depends not only on the seaworthiness of each of us, but our tiller and rudder and helmsman. Lastly, the entire fleet's ultimate destination is critical to the overall success of the mission. That mission is the purpose of humanity. So, morality involves fair play and harmony, a sound internal structure to each of us, and the general purpose of humanity as a whole. But men and women generally think only about the first one of these, that is, fairness between individuals, teams, or nations. But fairness, even if dictated by written laws, will be meaningless if the individual ships are riddled with self-conceit, cowardice, greed, and meanness. You cannot make men good by law, and without good men, you cannot have a good society. These first two aspects of morality are then clear. But what of the third, the ultimate purpose of mankind? C.S. Lewis contends that different religions assert different ideas as factually true. Christians believe that our bodies are not our own and that our lives are eternal. You can be an atheist and believe in fairness, feeling that as long as your actions don't hurt anyone else, then you are in the right. But that man thinks what he does with his own ship is only his business. The Christian, on the other hand, is to view himself as a living sacrifice and his body as a temple. Romans 12.1 
He is created in the image of God, by God, and in point of fact, belongs to him. Moral behavior classically was described by the Greeks as falling into four categories, prudence, or common sense, temperance, or moderation, justice, meaning fairness, and fortitude, or courage. These are the cardinal, Latin for pivotal or hinge, virtues. Paul's teaching added faith, hope, and love, 1 Corinthians 13, Galatians 5.22, Philippians 4.8, and Colossians 3.12. But acting in a virtuous manner and being virtuous must not be confused as the same thing in any way. Right behavior done for wrong reasons won't help build character and clearly isn't what God desires, Matthew 6, 1 through 18. God doesn't want us to simply follow a particular set of rules. He wants us to be a particular type of person. Consider the tax collector and the Pharisee, both coming to pray in the synagogue. Jesus shows us that between the self-righteous rule follower and the humble, repentant sinner, it is the latter who is justified before God. Luke 18, 10-14 It may sound like a broken record, but God sees into your heart. Yes, God wants us to use our minds, for we are to love him with all our heart, souls, and minds. He gave us an intellect for a reason, but he wants us to have the heart of a child. Mark 10, 14-16 What does the Lord require of us? Act justly. That means be fair. Don't cheat. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't take advantage. Love mercy. That means be kind. Don't gossip. Don't use sarcasm as a weapon. Don't demean. Walk humbly with your God. Don't boast. Don't act out of self-interest. Don't put yourself before others. Submit your will to that of the Father. Micah says it all as far as I'm concerned. Micah 6.8. You can live by it. Memorize it. I want it as my license plate, but some other darn Christian got it first. Dear Father, We know that you look into our hearts, Lord. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit to indwell us so that the cardinal virtues reflected in Micah's words may become more and more a part of our characters. This is the sanctification we crave, Lord. Let us be more and more Christ-like every day so that our behaviors flow naturally out of the character that you would have us all perfect. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.